We're back. Welcome back. Uh, GPS the guide, that's where you are. Make sure that you, well, welcome. I don't think I said welcome, but welcome. We're glad you're here. <laughs> uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We need your help. We say that a lot. Not we getting do. much movement. We do. Not getting much movement. We need you all to tell somebody. Rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you email us, podcast at parkwaybc.net. We want to hear from you. We like to interact with you all, all you gypsies out there. Doesn't sound natural Hey, yet. you forgot about the introductions. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> so it was decided <laughs> last week by our really? guest. Y'all did yeah. it on the, the week I wasn't here. We, well, we, we went to a neutral party, and he picked for us. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Gypsies so, it is. Very true. Gypsies it is. Lori will be, she'll be over the moon excited. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't see, <laughs> I don't see why you no, didn't want no, her to win. It's not that I didn't. think it's like rigged or it's something? Not, it's not that I did not want her to win. I thought she could win, but she made a big fuss about, well, it's all or nothing. I get a gift card, too. Lori's his wife. Yeah. Okay. Lori's my wife. So, so yeah. we, it's we confusing for a second. Yeah. Thanks for letting me <laughs> no, no, sorry, no, sorry. Appreciate for being Lori's, part of this. Lori's my lovely wife. Fano kind of jumped the gun. I, I was switching it up a little bit, but we'll go. Daniel Sanders, Stefano Patterson, Ryan Gotro, and we have with us Adam French. Adam, thanks for being here, buddy. Man, I'm excited about doing this. I'm not sure what a gypsy is. Well, uh, I thought this was a show a about thing. the Lord, but uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. Good just thing. thanks for letting me be here. And hey, look, I'm on for the ride, baby. Let's go. See, Lori, little confused oh, now. Yeah, uh -huh. it does. It, I mean, it, it, the name. I it, mean, give, give them some kind of background. Yeah, I but mean. you get that's what exactly what happened. You're gonna have to give background every time, but. She, yeah, Lori's the winner. Congratulations. Gypsies it is. We had a little contest about what should, like, the fans of this show be called. Ooh. And so we asked people to send in suggestions, and we were going to give a gift card away to the win well, whoever got picked. Had several, I mean, you know, quite a few submissions. His wife sent one in, Gypsies. And she spelled it G P S I E S. So Ooh. playing off the name, Ooh. and, and that kind, is strong. Kind, yeah. See, everybody likes it, but it's got to have the explanation. No, yeah. it it's strong, really. but well, it's strong after we after explain. We, you gotta yeah, say, yeah. you gotta say, yeah. you gotta say, hey, and all you G P S gypsies out there, you gotta, you gotta. It's the setup, yeah. man. It's the setup. There we go. So. There we go. We're that, learning. That sounded a little We're better. Learning. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I do. He's got there a better go. radio. I can write something for you. There we go. But, you know, it also has the meaning of, you know, gypsies are wandering around, searching for yeah. stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to point people to God who are searching. So it's a strong submission, right? That's why it got picked. But yeah. I said that she could not win the gift card. We could pick her name. She gets the credit. But she couldn't win the gift card because her husband is a host. Oh, wow. That's weak. He said employee. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, said, he said, he said employee. employee. He said employee. That's, that's, that's wow. actually what he said, employee. Well, so, and, and, but, and, but the, and the whole I know that thing. I've received no no kind of, yeah. you know, comment. I don't know about you, Ryan. Well, I got I almost got backlash because cause I told him, I said, I haven't made anything monetary. And he said, you haven't got what? And I said, oh, I forgot. I got, I got a cup. I love the cup. Okay. Okay. Self-defense, it's, it's great. You got a cup. So, yeah. So, you agree that that's kind of a... I mean, that, that was his feel. That's why he's upset, I, I guess. But he's going to have to take that up with Lori. I'm, yeah, I love it. I just say I would forget all about what it meant in the past, focus on what it means now. You know, and you create your own niche group. They know what it means. So may have been wonders in the past, but 
Now it's GPS to God, folks. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. That's it. That's all the abuse I can take. Uh, Normally it's Ryan catching this kind of flag. I, I kind of like it. It's yeah. like a little different change. It's my turn. A change of events. So if you'd like to send me some emails of why I'm wrong, podcast at parkwaybc.net. Reach out to us. Go ahead and jump on the bandwagon. Instagram, check us out, GPS to God on Instagram. You can hit us up with a message there as well. Simply Polyco, our wonderful uh, uh, merchandise provider, yeah, giving us these great tumblers. Adam loves his tumbler. He said he's taking it with him, uh, which is which is fine. We that's what we want. So you can get things too that you like. Just uh, Simply Polyco on Facebook, Instagram, One Day a website. Uh, check them out. They can give you anything that you would like to have merchandise-wise. Again, Daniel, Fano, Ryan, and Adam. Got it right there written on the page. We're here. I'm sorry. Sorry I jumped the gun. I thought you were Good thought job, you were Fano. Gone. Good job. thought you were gone. My bad. Yeah, well, My bad. Right. I never will doubt you again. Well, like this is episode two or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Adam. Welcome to the show. This is what you got to put up. I with. love it. I love it. So, just a couple of brothers over here talking bad to each other. All the time. <laughs> uh, speaking of brothers, road trip happened yesterday, Ryan. Oh, what a road trip! It was it was fun. I I, I don't regret any bit of it, any bit of it. But it was a long. What was it? Fifteen, sixteen hours that we did. 16 hours of fun. <laughs> yeah. So we went to uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. Golden State Warriors locked in a playoff battle right now. And uh, Ryan and I and a couple other people went down to Memphis. That's about a three-plus-hour drive from where we are. We drove down yesterday morning. Well, I guess at lunchtime when we left. Yeah. Hung out, ate a little bit, went to the game, turned around, came back. Got home about four four thirty in yeah. the morning. Nice. Yep. Shout out to John Morant. Shout out John. Uh, he went, a job. He went job. off. He went crazy job, yesterday. Yesterday was job. game two. Yeah, I like saying that too. That's job. Oh yeah, John Morant. So yeah. there'll be several that games. Dude could not miss. Yes, this the series might be over, but by the time this episode airs, we don't know. Yesterday oh. was game two. Let's hope not. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah he went off forty seven points, Ooh. tied it up one to one. They head back to Cali. So. Yeah. Come on. Zach Edson, podcast fans that have listened for a while know Zach. He is uh, giving Lori and Fano $50 for this gift card. Well, I guess he's giving 25 But anyway, he uh, one of his clients plays for the uh, plays for the Warriors. So yeah. he was not happy. He was no. pulling for Golden State, but, uh, you know, it's not over yet. Not over. So, one thing one thing that amazes me is that you know they're in this like serious game event. You know, I, my, to me, that's a you got to get your set yourself in a mindset that like, hey, I'm ready to here to win. And I, they lose the game, and then afterwards we go and visit, we go to see them, and they're just like, it was just another day. I'm like, all right, let's go. And it was like nothing ever happened. Mm. And I'm like, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. I'd be so upset with myself. Like it's game two. <laughs> I just lost. I need to get myself regrouped. I don't think they were happy, but they're yeah, professionals. But that's their yeah. job. Well, that's why I'm not there. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. I'm also 5'6". He came and hung out with us a little bit after the game. Super cool guy. 
thank thank him for doing that. But uh, still yeah. waiting on my autograph. By the way, I uh, won a jersey at Parkway uh, Intramural League things and. <laughs> That he played in, and I haven't got the signature yet, so I'll bring that next episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll, uh, we got a hookup for that maybe, so we'll, we'll put the pressure on him. I like it. I like <laughs> so, it. But uh, we, have, we have Adam French with us here today. He is um, going to tell a great story. We, the last couple episodes, we've gone kind of with the, the corporate route, telling about uh, recovery programs and, and um, sports programs that, that – spread the love of God, spread the word of God, um, different kind of things like that. But today we're going back to, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I, I really enjoy the personal stories and, and how God has worked in an individual's life and that spreads out to their family and their community. And that's where we're back to today with Adam. Um, again, thank you for being here, Adam. But uh, can you just kind of, you know, Go back to the beginning a little bit. Tell people who you are, where you come from, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, people ask me, you know, tell my story and where I come from and all that. And then it, it for me, it's it's difficult to pick out those pieces, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because God has done so much. But I think I would start with say that there was no, for me, there was no ideal of God in my life growing up. You know, there was there was beer and milk in the refrigerator and there was loud smoke and parties at my house, and I learned at an early age to survive and be quiet and learn how to kind of tiptoe around. So early on, it was about just survival and learning how to uh, survive and, and just exist in this world that wasn't nurturing, wasn't caring, wasn't necessarily supportive. And so, where 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 was this? So I grew up. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I grew up. 30 minutes away from a from a from a um from a Walmart or any kind of civilization. I grew up in Perger, Tennessee, which the closest town that anybody would know there is Paris, Tennessee. Okay. The world's okay. largest fish fry, by the way. Uh just have that. The world's largest the French world's fry. The world's largest fish fry. Fish, once fish a, fry. Fish once fry. a year, baby. Yes, fish we fry. fry fish. Yeah. So that should tell you how country it is, right? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in a double ride trailer. And uh, I mean, you know, as a kid in the country, what could go wrong, right? I mean, I love that <laughs> aspect of it. I was always a little bit confused and nervous around my family because of the parties and the, and the, and the violence. A lot of a lot of men walking around with with uh, a lot of testosterone and trying to mm. trying to bully little kids. Bull, I got bullied a lot from my dad's friends and women that are overly flirtatious and drunk. So it was always unsettling at my house. If you were, it's kind of mm. kind of this like something doesn't feel right. So always on the edge of my seat. Learn real easy that I had to pay attention to my surroundings, thinking about how I could thrive. And so. You know, as I began to get older, my, my father's alcoholism began to get worse, so much so that he became violent and eventually left our home. And it was uh, me and my mom. My mom pulls a muscle on her back while she's tilling the garden, and this is at the beginning of the opioid crisis. So now you guys may know this. I don't know if anybody's had, any, um, had anything happen in their family, but now there's regulations. So if, you know, if a doctor prescribes you a certain amount of narcotics, there, there's a documentation of it, and he can't just keep feeding them to you, and then you can't go. Like, I couldn't get drugs from you and drugs from you and drugs from you. I can't doctor shop anymore. Well, you know, 25 years ago, <laughs> you could. So my mom has great insurance. She pulls a muscle in her back. My, my father just left. She's obviously not feeling good about that situation. And she gets to where she's taking 22 lower tabs a day. 
I'm now 16 years old, living in a trailer by myself. You know, my mom is gone, uh, basically abandoned, you know, in counseling terms. I was was abandoned and spent a lot of nights by myself. And, you know, there were scary moments of it. But I I think God, in my opinion, God gives children specifically a lot of denial. And And the reason why he gives us denial, because if we could understand the whole picture, it would paralyze us. We would be so paralyzed by fear that we couldn't move forward. But he gives us a certain level of covering, is what I say, of denial, so that we just, we're just we just so focused on surviving the day by day that we can't necessarily see the big picture. So I would say even now that then I didn't understand that I was abandoned or I was alone. I just thought, man, I got all this time to myself. I can I can party and drink and do whatever I want, you know. Were you going to school at the time? Like, would you still get up and go to school yeah. during the day, or were you just like free for all? I'm at the house. Yeah, so um, I missed about half half a high school. I really did. Uh, if it wasn't for a football field and a basketball court, I play. I ran track, and it wasn't for all the grace that I got at, at my my school. I I wouldn't be here today. I, I would say that. So, mm-hmm. a lot of times I would sleep in and miss like first first and second period because what teenagers going to get up by themselves, right? Like. Yeah. You know, I have to beat my yeah. kids out of bed, right? So, yeah. so I would sleep in a lot and normally would, would get up and, you know, I'd start my days off. I smoked a lot of marijuana, and it was just kind of a way for me to, I think, cope. So I would get up, smoke marijuana. I would go to school. Uh, or if I missed school, I'd always go to practice. So, and coaches never said anything to me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there was a stint where I tried to leave my house, and I kind of lived – I had a garbage bag with all my clothes, and – some coaches would take me around. I stayed at friends' houses. So they understood. None of them really approached me in a, and I would say, um, a godly kind of way, like, hey, man, what's going on? But they kind of understood and left me alone, I guess you would say. Hmm. So uh, eventually, though, um, you know, I found myself, I'm 19 years old, and I'm going, man, there's got to be something else to life than this. I, th- I believe that God gives everyone that that desire to worship Him, that desire to taste and see that the Lord is good. To to we we want to take part in that delight. I even think specifically for men. I'm a big man guy. I don't want to cut out the women out there, but I I wrote a book called Mendini, so I love to talk about men and manhood. I think we crave we crave structure. We crave rules. We crave people to give us direction. And so for me, I just started going man, there's got to be something like, is it just try to like find a hot girl? Is it just try to, you know, party with the boys or is it, you know, let's work out and get as big as I can. Like something else, (laughs) like, come on, there's gotta be something else to life than this. And so I took a suitcase, put some clothes in it, put it in the back of a 1989 LTD. Anybody know what that looks like? There's a ride. Come That's on. A ride. Really big. It, it floated. Like it, <laughs> it, had, it, had a, it had those air shocks. Did, did, did it have blue seats in it? What no, was they it? Were, it was tan. It was tan okay. seats, but it was maroon. <laughs> I tell you, the best thing about that car is it's, it's captain chairs, right? I could pull over to the side of the road on the interstate, and I'd be asleep. <laughs> Two seconds. Now, we need the hotel. I, I don't know. He said pull over like this. I think it might be like yeah, this. Like, you got to yeah. get a little more action on that one. Hey, I like it. I like yeah. it. That's probably yeah. yeah, that was when, that was when uh, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying came out. Not promoting that, but, yeah, I was listening to that. But anyway, so I said, I'm just going to go find what I'm missing. So I lived out of my car for almost a year. Drove down to Florida. 
I'd watch this. I'd go to the beach and I'd watch the sun go down. I'm like, this is what am I missing? Wow. Like I knew I was missing something and no really experience with God up to that point. But I had experienced everything else outside of God. And it was, you know, Solomon. Hey, this is it's nothing. It's vain is vain like this. I'm not getting anything that's sustaining me. There's no contentment in that. And anybody who's who's walked away from God or or become obsessed with something for a little while, we all have these seasons where, you know, right now we're all obsessed with the playoffs, right? You know, but, yeah. but like we get obsessed with stuff and you 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 get passionate, you're like that didn't add anything to my life. My life was constantly like that. Where it was like there's got to be something else. And I'm grateful for that longing, that desire that I had and um man, I didn't find it. I didn't find it in this world. <laughs> Newsflash, right? Shocked. Yeah. Anybody shocked by that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. Um, and in the midst of all of that, I couldn't see God working, but he was. Yeah. And that's, that's been my experience, you know, is God does for me what I can't do for myself. Yeah. Well, even when you were talking about coaches looking out for you and not in a Christian way necessarily – you know, I hear God using other people to look out for you, fulfill his plan that you've come on, you know, the path that you've come on since that time. But um, when you're in Florida, like what exactly were, I mean, like what you were seeking, were you able to find those things or was, was there something out there that you were still searching for? Yeah. I mean, it was really just, Almost like a like a chaff in the wind, as scripture talks about. I was just yeah. existing. Yeah. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd sew t shirts on the beach, I sewed uh, beads, like I survived. And the whole time though, in the back of my mind, I'm I'm looking for something that is gonna fulfill me. And it you know, the way Pan I was in Panama City, the way that works is every every state comes in with their different college, it's their spring break in high school, and it was like Ohio's here, Tennessee's here, Kentucky's here. And it was like nothing was changing. And so all my time there, I was still had this longing. So I eventually just packed my car up and drove drove around from state to state. And I decided, you know, after a while, I said, well, let me go check and see how my mom was doing. I know she wasn't doing well when I left. Let me yeah. go check and see. And so I come back home. Mom's not doing well. She's even more frail, even more addicted then. And my neighbor actually approached me and said, hey, Adam, you know, I don't know what you're thinking, but what about the military? You know, why don't you, you're an athlete. Why don't you join the military? You can stay with us and work out. And so I said, Hey, <laughs> I don't got a plan. <laughs> Thank God you do. Right. right yeah. And, uh, so I start working out, start running. I'm not, I'm not using or anything. I just, you know, drinking a little bit, but I'm, so I'm running like, Hey man, no, there's something else. I got a purpose. And I don't know. I, I woke up on a Sunday morning. And I felt like something was saying, I believe it's God was saying, Hey, you need to go try to find your dad. And the story is, during that time that I was living in my car, my dad had given his life to Christ. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there was a pastor who would go see him on Sundays mornings, and um, he would go down to this dock where my dad used to work at, and he would, he basically, you know, prayed, prayed for him, led him to Christ, share the gospel with him and his friends. And so wow. they used to party in this basement. So all I knew, I, I get up that Sunday morning, like, I go see my dad. I'm like, where can I find him? I'm like, well... I should go to the basement, right? The place they're always at. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like Tigger's basement or something. They, they're in there rapping. No, they was in there. They, you probably get that. Nobody else gets that, right? Everybody get that? All right, cool. I didn't know. We got 90s kids in here, right? All right. right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. He's probably the uh, baby. Yeah. 
Okay. Eighty nine. I'm the elder okay. statesman yeah. of this of this group. He looks the best, but he's the oldest. No, hardly. <laughs> I'm just glad everybody got <laughs> yeah. the reference. Yeah, I feel I like you. I'm with my people now. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, I go, I, I pull in it's Sunday, I, I, any other day to me, and uh I walk in, nobody's there. And there's no beer cans, there's no cigarette buds. I'm already like, what? So I sit down and they say, you know, my dad comes in, he's dressed all nice and I'm like, What's going on? He's like, Oh, we just got back from church. I said What's church, right? <laughs> what is church? And he's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you know, they they were all new Christians, mm. so they had been meeting in this basement praying for me for eight weeks. Wow, that I would come home, and they would so they meet, and I walk into that same basement yeah. right when they come home from church. That's awesome. So they all look like they see the ghost, and my dad's remarried. All this stuff's going. On. So I, next day, I go meet the pastor. He opens up the Bible. He he slow walked through there. He walks through the book of Matthew. He tells me, he goes, he, he asked me this question because I have no idea what church is. He says, hey, do you know why the crosses are on the church? Brilliant question, but I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? Super, like, that's a mind-blowing question almost to me. You know, that we, we a lot of times we ignore that, yeah. right, as Christians. we, we yeah. It's just built into us if you've been a, a, in the church for a long time. But that is a brilliant Easy question. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know what a cross is? And I'm like, you know what they mean? I said, no, I don't know what it stands for, what it means. He says, he's like, yeah, um, it's it's really because the church is like a hospital for the sick. And I said, well, I always thought church was a God club for good people. And I'm not good, so I'm not supposed to come, right? I don't do good things. I'm not planning on it. You know, I'm planning on doing it, getting as as out of control as I can. And he said, no, it's, it's more like a hospital for the sick. And he walked through what sin was. He walked through what who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. And he told me, you know, that the church is a place for, for me. It's, and that was the moment. Tears are rolling down my eyes. I give my life to Jesus right then. Get baptized with my dad. I'm flexing right now. Wednesday in a portable baptism in the gym of the church because that's all they had was a gym. And they <laughs> they now have built... Uh, a, a sanctuary, but yeah, me and my dad get baptized on that Wednesday, and and that's where really my life began. I I've never felt the same. I've never thought the same. I've never felt anything you know like like I did before. I truly believe I'm a new creation. I've definitely fallen, stumbled, and made a lot of mistakes since then. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of trauma that I had to work through that I didn't uh, in the first three years of kind of my walk with Christ. I had to come back and say, oh. There's things I need to walk through. But that moment, I know that the Holy Spirit uh, came into me and that I thought different and I felt different. And um, if it wasn't for that man and him sharing his faith with my father and my father bringing me to church, you know, I wouldn't be here today. Some of the trauma and, uh, you talk about, you got No, no, just in the power of prayer. I mean, just, right. That's right. I mean, I was gonna say, that's, it gave, it gave me goosebumps when you were. Uh, I mean, I know, crazy, I know. It's, it was powerful for you when you were saying you walked in and it was just. But for you, it was just like, hey, what are all these people here for? But for them to see you come in after they've been praying for you right. to come in, that would give me goosebumps and yeah. be like, okay, so what I'm doing actually it exists. It, it's yeah. truly doing what I'm what right. I ask, you know. Well, especially so. them being new Christians and just yeah, them being new exactly. Christians. I mean, how? I mean, just God directly speaking in front of them being new Christians and saying you ask and 
reinforcing yeah. what they yeah, just just a lot of, yeah a lot yeah, of times absolutely. people want examples they want something tangible yeah, that right. they know and it's like boom i gave it to you right then right, right. and i think that's part of renewing our mind right because yeah. <clears throat> i do a lot of discipleship and a lot of times when i'm doing relational discipleship with guys i'm meeting with guys who are coming out of situations like me so they they're literally coming from a totally different world morally spiritually everything mm-hmm. their lives yeah. look totally different and just getting them to go I remember, I remember, I, I could see a guy's face right now, and and I can remember him going, "Man, I just don't know if God's like I'm praying, but I don't know if it's working, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "All right, well, what have you been praying for?" And he names like four or five things. I'm like, and he's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get. I'm like, dude, all four of those things are happening in your right. life. Like, so I think sometimes we don't even see or even notice, right. or we forget all that God is doing. That's mm-hmm. why it's important to stop. And put those spiritual road markers down sometimes, or to make sure we're we're, we're walking consistently with some guys who can mm-hmm. point out to us, "Hey, look, you were praying for this, or you were struggling with this, and look, mm-hmm. now you're not." Right. Yeah. See, right. we we miss the we miss the growth. We miss what God is doing in the journey because we're staying in the moment. Yeah. yeah. But it's the journey that's what draws us in. The journey is what grows our hearts grows our faith it's the the gps to god right like it's not the destination it's the whole journey that makes it so powerful so yeah you mentioned trauma and and going through a lot of that and we we don't want to glorify any sin or anything like that but we want to help people and tell you know if someone hears this that went through or is going through the same things that you went through so we we want to touch on those and maybe dig a little deeper into what you experience some of the things you experienced so can you go back your your dad had left your mom's struggling you're on your own what what are some of the things you were struggling with at that time yeah yeah sure uh, thank you for asking it you know and here's the thing i'm not ashamed of my past you know and i don't want to close the door on it yeah. it's a testimony that god has given me mm-hmm. you know it's he takes our mess and he turns it into a message he doesn't well, – a lot of times we give our life to Christ and we, we think, all right, we're part of the God club, good club, right? All right, yeah. I'm in. I made it, baby. We in. Yeah. No, no, that's not it. I know. Come on. Wow. Sorry. Totally. Sorry. Yeah, you got to – I lost you. Yeah, it's that Yankees hat, man. You got to step it up, dude. No. No. <laughs> they still winning right now. They still winning. Right. They always they, win. They got they, so much money. Right? streak right now. Hey, I mean, can't have money. Come that's on. right. Hey, baseball is about who's got the biggest checks, right? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> So, you know, for me, I'm always like, listen, God doesn't, when you give your life to Christ, he doesn't sweep, like, it's like everything's swept in your closet. That's not, that's not how Christ works. Mm. He's a personal God. He's a relational to God. God the Father has a relationship with God the Son. God the Son has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's a relationship. He, it's in our DNA. So what he does is he actually takes our trash, all the pain, everything we went through. He takes that trash bag, he pours it out, and he goes through it with you piece by piece. He's a messy God. Mm-hmm. He wants to meet you right in the midst of your darkest, most painful, most hurtful moments because he experienced everything, that every pain that anybody's ever felt, he's experienced it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I love about Christ. He's not a distant God. He's a personal God. He's an intimate God. And so for me, I thought that Christianity, when I first got saved, was about being a human doing. I'm like, hey, I got to do a bunch of good stuff now. Like, that's right. my—and that was a purpose for me, and that carried me in my immaturity as a Christian. Like, hey, my purpose is to just do good. 
the problem was for that was is that I wasn't being a human being. I wasn't being present with God, right? Sitting in silence with God, letting God, taking my heart and having my heart face the heart of God. That's where relationship is, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. for, and anybody can probably relate to that moments of performance, that moments of I'm trying to earn something that's already been given. Well, when we do that, our genuineness with God and our true understanding of who he is and being able to articulate that to other people, it's not there. It's not built. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I grew up in this world where, you know, my dad was verbally abusive, right? So he would bully and say hurtful things and say hurtful things to my mom and, and, and to my brother. And it was just, it was just a toxic environment. My dad was violent, right? Uh, there was a time where my dad got so drunk that he attacked my brother and he pulled a gun on us. He, he's yelling, threatened to kill us. My mom has to step in. It's these moments of just insanity, right? Violence happening. And so what I learned to do was, is I learned to walk around with my head detached from my body. So what that means is, is I learned how to not feel what was going on. And for my first really eight or so years of being a Christian, I could tell my testimony, but I couldn't tell you how I felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was detached. Mm-hmm. It's and we disassociate. And a lot of times what we do is is we cope with alcohol, drugs. And here's the thing, I'm not ashamed that I drank and smoked weed and did all the things I did. Now I'm not proud of that, but you know what? I understand why I did. I was trying to survive. I was trying to cope. How else do you survive? Right? You know, in the midst of abandonment and pain and trauma and abuse and all these things. So I made a lot of bad decisions, but I understand I was just trying to make it. I and you just, had zero – you were mm-hmm. a kid living by yourself. <clears throat> right. I mean, mm-hmm. abandoned by your father and just – I mean – I was say at who, that time, no, no one to look up that, to, right? no, no like, one to follow right. in their example. Yeah, so. and just, just – surviving trying yeah. to survive and i think people need to hear that they need to hear because what we're here our enemy right he's the father of lies mm-hmm. so that means he doesn't speak english or spanish or portuguese mm-hmm. he speaks lies and he knows how god speaks god speaks in what a whisper the actual translation of that word is silence right he, but how do you how do you say God spoke in silence, right? Like that's yeah. a translation of the word in First uh, 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 Samuel nineteen. It, that uh, word for whisper actually means silence in Hebrew. So what it means is you got to be still and know that God is there. So what Satan does is he whispers lies into our heart. The lie that he told me for a long time was, "I'm not good enough. That's why your mom's not here. That's why your dad left. That's why you're alone, right?" So what I did was I said, "Okay." I'm going to make my ego as high as I can get it. My self-esteem is down here because nobody really wants me. But when you see me, you're going to see ego. I'm going to yeah. be loud. I'm going to be dominant. I'm going to be violent. I'm, I'm going to be every room I walk in, I got to be the man. Tension's got to be like all of that. And so that's how I cope. And I think, I think people in general, humans, that's what we do. We go, mm-hmm. man, I don't, I don't know what the true love of God is. I don't have a true contentment in myself. So let me feel that with anything that I can. I kind of want to back up for a second because I know part of your story that I, I've I've heard that I, I want you to touch on, and it kind of plays into the same thing we've been talking about of God working through 
non-Christian means, right? He's working through crazy stuff that makes no sense in our life, in our world. You you get mixed up with drugs. Mm-hmm. We're selling some drugs. Get mm-hmm. arrested. Right. Convicted. Mm-hmm. Tell it. Tell. I'm going to let you tell that story yeah. and, and what happened after yeah. that. So as I talked about earlier about my head being detached from my body, what what I did was is I ran on and ran and ran and said, I'm going to be as good as Christian as I can on the outside. And so for me, it was about this this vision I had in my head of a, of a Christian man who gets up every morning, prays for two hours, never thinks a bad thought, goes around and sings hymns all day. And I'm like, I'm trying to be that phantom guy, right? Anybody, anybody yeah. want to raise their hand? Like, yeah. I'm trying to be that phantom guy, right? And so the problem is that's not real. That's yeah. not a real person. That's not a, That's not laid out in Scripture, Right. And so for me, I came to this moment um, where uh, I just began to struggle with performance. So my relationship with God was about what I was doing and not who I was becoming. There's a difference because you can be spiritually fit and emotionally sick. So I was doing the right thing spiritually. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to church. But inside, nothing was changing. I'm not dealing with trauma. I'm not dealing with lust. I'm not dealing with these things. I'm just checking boxes to say, hey, this means that I'm a man of God. Not God has come and sat right in the middle of my heart and said, I'm going to change you. We are going to walk together hand in hand on a soul care journey. That didn't happen for me. So, you know, Scripture says like a fool returns to his vomit. Uh, or like a dog returns to his vomit, a, a fool returns to his folly. So I somehow I found myself out at a fundamental independent Baptist Bible college. Put that cocktail in there, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm I, I left Bible college going. Church people are crazy. Like I, you know, I, I don't know about this church thing. I'm confused, and I had all that trauma, and nobody had walked with me. Um, a man had not walked with me, and I was afraid of that. I was afraid to have a relationship with a man. So I said, man, I'm going to move back in with some family members. I moved back in with a family member, and he was selling cocaine. I said, well, I've been drinking and selling drugs. That was a habit I picked up to Mm -hmm. make sure I could get the shoes I wanted and Mm -hmm. have the money I needed for gas in high school. I started selling pot and selling drugs and had some connections and family members. And so the next thing you know, I'd, I'd had this crazy experience with God. And I ran with God for three years, but nothing really changed deep inside of me as far as me dealing with who I am. Like, we can't deal with who we are by just doing more right things. That's called behavioral management, right? I mean, you can can go to a counselor maybe who doesn't believe in Jesus, and they can help you change your behavior. But they're not going to change your soul or your heart. Right. And there's a centeredness about a man who puts his heart face-to-face with God. And so for that, that's where it changed for me is I eventually got indicted for trafficking cocaine. Here I am. I had called to preach, went to Bible college, total life change, and now I am three years later sitting in a jail cell going, really, God? Wow. Like, yeah. Jesus loves me? Like, let's yeah. sing the song? <laughs> like, I don't want to sing it, right? Uh, no, like, but, but it was a reality check for me. And um, I tell you what happened was my heart had become so callous because I thought, Man, if this is if this was my experience with church, uh, this is my experience with God's people when I kind of stepped into this uh, legalist world, 
And that's a whole other story. We can come back and we can talk about religious abuse on a different time. But um, I said, you know, I don't want that. And uh, during that time, I'd met a woman and, and, and had, had a child. She was pregnant and was just living my, for myself, totally back to that 16, 17-year-old guy that wow. had no parents, no family, just mm-hmm. running around, no rules. Now I'm at the age of accountability. These are my choices. It's no longer – hey, this was dad, this was mom. I'm now 25 years old, and I know the difference between right and wrong. Uh, even though I'd never dealt with it and that you know it wasn't my fault those things happened to me, I was at the age of accountability where I've got to do something different. For sure. I've got yeah. to seek the help out. Yeah. And so I had a phone call. I, I'd just been indicted, just got picked up. I had one phone call. I make this call, and I called my wife. I called Josie, and I said, hey, uh, I got picked up, and I and I kind of braced myself because I thought, here we go. Like she's never been like this, but I thought she has every right on the planet to go. You're a low down dog, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, exactly. yeah. you are a dirty dog, baby. And like yeah. I deserved it. I wanted her to bark at me, you know. Just like I needed that, right? Yeah. But to, you probably knew how to deal with that better. Pro- yeah, yeah. True. You'd think, yeah. That's the response. That's the response I expe- yeah. expected. Uh, but my wife loves Jesus. She loves the Lord. And she said, Adam, I think this is God. This is God intervening in your life. I know she gave me more hope in that five minutes than I'd had in the 25 years prior to my life. And I started crying. I heard my son say dad in the background. And at that moment, I had just a little bit of willingness to do something different. The guard that was right there and the secretary, they were both there and they, they actually heard my son. They were crying too. And I thought, Man, maybe I can do something. Maybe, maybe mm. I could be something different. Mm. And I went back to my cell. I went back to sleep. But that moment right there is where I say it only takes one moment to change. Mm. We always think about everything we got to change in this lifetime. And Adam, I hear you talking, but right now I'm smoking a joint. Right now, last night I popped a pill. My wife doesn't know that I'm taking fentanyl. My wife doesn't know that I'm doing drugs on the side or whatever. If you're listening, you're thinking, how can I change? You don't. You don't have to change everything. You just have to be willing to say, I need help. Reach out your hand. Extend your hand to God. You can reach out to GPS, to God. We will point you in the right direction. You can just say, I need it. That's what I did to God. I said, God, man, maybe I can do something different. Would you help me? Mm-hmm. And here I am 13 years later sitting in this chair. Wow. You know, ordained past, all these things, degrees, books, all this stuff. But it just started with that one moment, that one desire. It's, it's the prodigal son when he says, man, I... It's better with my father, you know, and for you, I'm, I can tell you right now, if you're listening right now, God has something better for you. You don't have, you can turn your misery. In, look, you can keep your pain as long as you want it, but if you want to trade it in, it's here. Peace is here. I mean, if there's anybody who's the least likely to be doing what I'm doing right now, it's me. So if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Do we need to do any more? Like, that's it. <laughs> Something you said a few minutes ago, a phantom God, you referenced a phantom God, not really having that relationship and kind of checking the boxes, but not letting them inside, right? Where yeah. where the real you is or the real us is. That's another lie of Satan. Satan yeah. is the best liar mm-hmm. in the world. And he is going to say all those things to to deceive us and keep us away from God. But I thought that was a powerful observation to to that you had of knowing 
man, I'm just checking boxes. I'm not changing yeah. anything. I'm not mm-hmm. surrendering anything. And I think people get caught up in that today. Even people in, in the yeah. church who aren't doing drugs, who aren't, yeah. uh, you know, uh, dealing with pornography issues or whatever. They get up, they go to work, they come home to their families. Right. But they are not leading their house. They're not seeking God. They go to church every Sunday, and then it's like, all right, what's what's yeah. next? So, yeah. right. I mean, that applies to all of us. It applies to everybody, yeah, what, exactly. no matter what we're struggling with. Complacency. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a huge struggle that people don't really, uh, you know, ad, admit to or or even realize that I can be complacent and not do anything for God. Well, that's kind of doing something for Satan. Yeah. yeah. I think I think what Satan's go is, is he wants us to get into a religious rhythm. Yeah. So it's based on performance. Mm-hmm. So it's based on I'm good because these are the things that I did. When Christ says, I want you to create a spiritual rhythm that's conducive to spiritual growth. Right. So there should be a rhythm about your life where you're an apprentice of Jesus. You're wanting to know the heart of Jesus. You're not wanting to be able to tell people what you did or or be a part of a church you're saying i actually want to experience god each day so how do i do that well the way that you do that and that the book is actually about that mandini is about it's about struggles right it's not about addiction or or, or whatever it may be we all have struggles every man has a wound the book is called mandini healing the wounded man so everybody has a struggle and the vision is is that the book is a slow walk through your soul hand in hand with god so for me, if I'm like, if I'm going to connect with God, one, I've got to be quiet. So, I, excuse me, I set my phone every day. I'll set 5, 10, 20 minutes, depending on how much time I have. How much, you know, when did I get up in the morning in my first appointment? Mm-hmm. And I'll sit in silence. I sit quiet. And I'll just kind of let everything slow down and let all the thoughts in my head mm-hmm. stop. And it's like, I'm here to be with God. And I want to open myself up to him. And then sometimes I'll either go right into journaling. I'll journal about three or four days a week, which I cannot believe I just said that because I, I've never, you know, I'm 38 years old. I, but I've been journaling the last two years of my life, and it has changed me. I mean, it's so it's so freeing because what I do is I do, I do, um, I'll, I'll try to put myself where my feet are. So I'll, I'll say I'm sitting in the chair at Parkway Baptist Church right now, blue chair, talking on the mic, I got a drink. I put myself, I just write where I'm at, what's happening, so I'm centered and focused. And then I'll do emotionally I feel, and whatever I feel. And I'll do that a couple of times, and then I'll do spiritually I feel, relationally I feel, and, and, and I try to end with just a gratitude. It just keeps me centered with my heart. Scripture says guard your heart above all things. It's the way, to, way of life. Yeah. And how are we guarding our heart if we're not giving time for our heart to talk? If my mouth is always moving, I can't hear my heart talk. So I have to be quiet. And prayer is not just a, it's not just a monologue. It's a dialogue. Yeah. Well, I've got to be quiet so I can hear God. That whisper. And, that that wh- silence. Yeah. Silence, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that spiritual rhythm. That's the go. I want to have a spiritual rhythm. And I can sense now when, man, I've been working too much. When I, when I have it, man, I need more time. I need to be praying a little bit more. I need to, man, I. It's not because like I'm I feel judgment from God. I don't work well with with rules or shame. Shame's a bully. My God doesn't shame us. Anytime you hear anything that's discouraging or shameful, that ain't God. God's an encourager. He right. speaks life, right? He's not destructive or de- he's not putting us down or condemning us. He's giving us life. 
right? So I, I know any time that, that uh, I get this, this I, now I know I get this conviction, this hunger, like, oh, I want to be with God. Man, it's not, man, I didn't, I, I didn't read the Bible yesterday. I feel bad. It's, it's like, man, I can't wait to be with God a little bit more tomorrow. There's a difference in that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. creating that space for yeah. that. So for me, that's where I started to kind of break out of that shell of, you know, of trying to conform to a standard that is that is not realistic. But I tried to I, what I try to do is renew my mind to a presence with God. And so the book kind of helps you slow walk through that no matter where you're at, what you're going through. Uh, there's several different um, there is a lot of places that use it uh, uh, as far as men, actually men of valor uses it. Uh, I've done a different different groups with guys, but you, I prefer in the book that you go through with a group of men. And you get a chance to kind of walk through your soul together, yeah. and I think it's a fresh start. It's kind of a it's kind of a kick in the butt. I don't know about you. I need a kick in the butt every now and again, right? <laughs> Amen. It's awesome. So, Mandinity, Adam has uh, referenced the book. Just the last few minutes here, Mandinity by Adam French. Who, we're we're gonna pub this for you, but whose picture is this on the back? That ain't you, man. Come on, man. I don't know Come who on. that is, man. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got his Clark Kent glasses. You got on. It's like a different person. Nice. Come on, yeah. Nice. Hey, you got, if you're not smart, you just gotta look smart, right? <laughs> yep. You know, and that's on Amazon, right? So I had to say, hey, man, they want to they want to see a smart guy, not a guy from Perrier, Tennessee, baby. <laughs> but uh, Mandinity. So on, on Amazon, you can find it anywhere else. Is that the easiest place to find it? Amazon's easiest, but it's on everything else. Barnes and Nobles, all the Walmart, everywhere you can find it. Mandinity, you can see the cover here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the cover. But if you're listening on a podcast app, Mandinity by Adam French, Healing the Wounded Man, make sure you check that out. It's awesome. He brought us a couple free copies. We're going to get him to sign one, at least one. He doesn't know it yet, but we're going to get him <laughs> he get does now. autograph here in a he second. He does now. And that, just going back to what you said about checklists and stuff, that's not just, that, that's very common. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some, there's religions out here yeah. that, that it's all about, you know, works and everything. Right. And I remember this past Sunday in our Sunday school class, we talked about influential figures in your life. And I remember his name was Deacon Dawson at my prior church here. He, he, he told me, and this was, you know, I was seven, so I was eight years old, but I still remember this. He said that there's a lot of Stefano. There's a lot of nice people hmm. that won't go to heaven. Amen. So, it, it it's it's more than just checking the box. It I is. go to church, you know. I'm nice. I don't cuss. I don't drink or whatever like that. It's it, it's it's more than that. And unfortunately, in this world, there's a lot of people that just think that oh, check that off. Yeah. Sunday, I went to church so I can just do whatever Monday yeah. through Saturday. So yeah. Yeah. it reminds yeah. me of the verse at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he says, "There'll be me who says, Lord, Lord, and mm-hmm. cast demons out my name." And if that's not mm-hmm. one of the most one of the yeah. frightening verses. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. you're like, yes. uh, Lord, uh, you yeah. know, are you, you know, am I am I good? But but it is. I think I think we need a heart check. We need to the pausing mm-hmm. with God every day, not not so that we can um, consume something, so that we can perform something. It's so that we can we can we can consume some, consume something so it it changes us for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? And like I always say, a a, a message a message that's received is always better than a message that's conceived. Like if we're mm-hmm. if we're teaching or we're preaching because we conceive something in our head, well, anybody can do that. You know, a, a, somebody who has a doctorate in philosophy can read the Bible and conceive a message. But when we receive something that pierces our heart and convicts us, yeah, and we're and we're moved to change. 
that's where the that's where it's it's really at. And you know, and, and for anybody that's listening right now, I think sometimes we hear pastors, you know, and I'm a pastor, and you go, oh man, how can I? Man, that guy's like he's talking about Jesus, and he's read the Bible, and he quoted scripture. You know, it's like it's like no, no, we 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 get this idea of of something that's 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 way beyond the truth. Like I am on the same playing field as everyone else. All of us are. We all started somewhere. Every journey starts with the beginning. You just have to start. And so I I just I just feel like you know for men we need to be so much more encouraged and uplifted and coached. We think you know we co- think about it. We coach boys all the way up till they turn 18, mm-hmm. right? In every sport we're on them, we're riding their butts, you know, all of a sudden they go to college and it's like, all right, yeah, go live your life and uh right. if you got a real problem, <laughs> call me every now and again. It's like yeah. no, we have to be continually coaching and meeting with each other, sharpening each other. Um there's there's one verse that has been I just I've been studying through the book of Psalms and I cannot get past this. It's in Psalms chapter one, verse one and verse three, or, chapter, or Psalms one and verse three. He goes through all this stuff, you know. Blessed, blessed is the man. So he's saying like, hey, there's someone who is divine, who has divine favor. Doesn't mean we're bubble wrapped from the sinful world. We're still living in the world. There's still going to be struggles. But God says, I've got a divine blessing for man, which is mankind. And then he goes through the no ways. First of all, don't don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't get direction from a wicked person, right? What that means is is don't you know don't watch any YouTube out there and get <laughs> get advice from them, right? Every every Netflix series isn't something that you want to study, right? Right? The Bible is. And then he goes through. Don't stand with sinners. You know, if you ever been standing in line like there's and somebody cut you like it's a big deal right don't stand in a place where sinners are standing don't sit with scoffers mockers but the the last verse is what i want to get to he says delight yourself in the law of the lord like there's a there's excitement there and then he says you meditate on the word of god well for for a long time scholars have argued about this and that word there a lot of people thinks it means like a muse right just sitting there contemplating his life right like there's <laughs> reflections from adam french on gps to god that, that's book number two that's book number <laughs> two right yeah it's Stuart smalley i'm good enough no no that's not it right <laughs> that that actually that word translated means the sound a lion makes it's a growl everybody give me a growl right you can get a Hey, Fano's got the growl voice. So let's hear it. it. Let's hear it. That's it. So you think about yeah, you think a good growl. That's pretty good. That's actually kind of weak, but uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest here. No, but but think about it. You go. Wait a second. Why would David write, inspired by God, growl on the Word of God day and night? What he's talking about is there should be a seriousness. There should be a watchful eye there should be a lion type uh, vigor about yourself when you're protecting the pride when you're when you're when you're when you're exerting your dominance right when you're asserting the dominance of the power of the word of god scripture what he's saying is is we need some men that will growl a little bit that will stand up and say oh i need help or oh this is what god's word says and i'm not going to stay back and be quiet i'm actually going to speak up about it or I'm going to fight for my children. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to, and that's what that's what I hope. By the end of the book, as you walk through your heart, you walk through your soul, you walk through some of that uncomfortable stuff. But by the end, I want men who have a growl, who are going to say, "I want to help. I want to make a difference. I'm going to stand up for what's right." And we need more men that uh, are willing to do that. You talked about quoting Bible verses, and, and a lot of people are. Uh, 
you know that, that that's something that they can't do or they think they can't do or but they are very much intimidated by it. They're like, man, this guy, you know, Adam. I heard that dude say ten Bible verses in two minutes, and yeah, and I think a lot of it is, you know, what you consume, where you put your time, where you put your effort, where you put your energy. That that's what's going to come out of you, right? So if you're a sports fan, I can quote every sport, and I can quote the the scores and the box scores of the last ten games that my team played, and uh, you know, uh, I work. 15 hours a day, I can tell you everything about my job and the specs of this machine I run and all this stuff because that's where people are putting their time. That's where they're putting their effort instead of pouring it into the Word of God, listening, being quiet, hearing mm. that silence, right, and soaking in those Bible verses. And then that's what comes out of you. I mean, that's such a a common thing that I think a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that struck me when you said that a second ago. Yeah, I love it. And I, I think the one way I could encourage guys or listen or women, whoever's listening, is just, you know, I always say slap a scripture to it. You know, we talk about put a word on it um, at Men of Valor, and my thing is always slap a scripture to it. So if we look at scripture, it, it, I'll never forget, I'm, I'm riding in my car. I, I, uh, I was struggling. I just, they changed the laws in the state of Tennessee. Uh, I, this is my first job out of jail. I worked at a medical company. They changed the laws, so they had to fire me. My boss is crying. I mean, I've literally been leading Bible studies and trying to be the best I could. And he calls me and he's like, man, I got to fire you. Like, they changed the laws. Like, we have to let you go. And I remember I'm driving home and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting that, let my request be made known to God. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through it over and over again. I'm like, this isn't working. Like, I'm quoting this scripture. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Like, right. why, I'm supposed to quote scripture and, like, I get a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And I felt the Holy Spirit go, Say the verse slowly. Let your requests be made known to God. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to tell God? And that's what we need to do. We need to learn how to put Scripture into our lives, not memorize it so we can quote it. Or because it sounds cool, it's like, man, that's a... That verse, that verse sounds really awesome, and it makes Jesus like look really good. And that's fine. But I'm saying memorize Scripture for the purpose of your life. There you go. Right, to start yeah. going, hey, I'm, I'm like, let me request me. No, when I said that moment, I said, God, I I'm, I'm afraid that, that we won't be able to pay our bills. Will you take care of me? So I said, God, will you take care? That was my request. And I felt this peace, but God's always provided. Yeah. You see what I mean? So I yeah. think for, for those listening out there, take the approach of going, if I'm going to memorize a scripture, it's going to be because it's something going on in my life. What's going mm-hmm. on right now in your life that you're struggling with? Get to a pastor. You can Google this. Scriptures that help with da-da-da-da. Memorize one of them. And, and quote that to help you have the strength and the wisdom and the faith to believe that God's going to work out what you're going through for your good because you're called according to his purpose, right? Because his plans are good for you. His plans are not to harm you, right? He, he will make known to your path of life because in his presence is a fullness of joy. Like God's going to do those things. Right, because you slapped scripture to your life, and that's going to yeah. be seared in your mind, so seared in your sure. heart. I mean, people can tell you where they were for a traumatic event or a big event. Mm. They can tell you what exactly. song was on the radio for you, you know this thing that happened in their life, and exactly what you said. If they're pouring out that scripture, pouring a scripture, put it, slapping it to their life during that traumatic event, or you know, traumatic to them. 
that's going to stay ingrained in them forever. And that's just, that's that one step. Mm. And then you take another step, take mm. another step. Mm. Yeah. Um, Amen. Your, your mom, we back up just a little bit. We'll kind of give the short version. What happened to your mom? Uh, your, your dad found God, was saved, prayed for you. You came yeah. back, yeah. found God, had some struggles, or doing great things. What happened to your mom? Yeah, so uh, it's a crazy story. My mom uh, went through some, some really serious struggles. She wound up uh, getting arrested, had some tough times going on. And then, um, you know, we uh, – I, I, this, is, this is another testament to prayer. So I started praying for my mom, praying for my mom, praying for my mom. Uh, my mom gets arrested, and I'm like – Thanks God. Like yeah. yeah. That was a nice that was a nice answer to prayer, right? right. Appreciate it. Well, uh at during when my mama got arrested, I was at the time uh serving in a, a jail ministry. And so I'm working in the jail ministry and all that stuff. Well, the, the 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 leader of the jail ministry, his wife was on the women's side. So my mom goes into the same jail and I'm like, oh, Appreciate man. it, God, way to go, you know. Thanks for helping my prayers out. Like I'm yeah. I'm literally upset because I mean I've only been saved two years. I'm like I don't get this. And long story short, my mom gives her life to Jesus in the jail cell. She completely changes her life. She uh, starts getting, she's actually joined a program called Celebrate Recovery, radically changed her life. She's been doing really well. She's been all over the world trying to help women. And so God has radically changed her life. Uh, it's been incredible. One thing I want to say about, about my father is this, and because I think it speaks into what happens to a lot of men. My dad gave his life to Jesus. And he was a part of a community, and he and he got plugged in, uh, and and he kind of ran really fast. But he started to dwindle. He started to not have a discipleship group. He started to not be active in church. He kind of he. It's almost like he he made the decision, but then he was kind of like that decision is my journey instead of that decision is my start. So a lot of men will start the journey. And we'll go, that's enough. Like, I gave my life to Jesus. I believe in that God stuff. I believe that Jesus died. Hey, yeah. I'm against abortion. I'm against homosexuality. Like, I'm against these things, right? That's And I'll go to church. I'll listen. Uh, now, I'm not going to read my Bible or pray every day. And so what happened was with my father, he kind of stayed there. And so his alcoholism continued to progress. He continued to drink. Uh, my father died of cirrhosis of the liver. The first funeral I ever preached was my dad's. Wow. You know, um, and when he when he died, we we had the best relationship we ever had. But it was only as close as he would allow, because he didn't want to take his heart and face his heart mm-hmm. with God. And so my mom's story is: she gave her life to Jesus. She runs into the world of recovery. She faced God's heart. And she's doing great now. She's mm-hmm. living for the Lord. A great grandmother, and it's been an incredible journey. But, you know, if my dad were on the uh, the podcast right now, he would he would literally scream and say, please, please don't miss. He's never seen my four-year-old daughter. He's missed all these things in my life, and I hate that for him. Sometimes I'll be driving, I'll tear up, and I'll go, man, he missed that. You know, and there, I'm telling you, there's so much you don't have to miss. You know, there's all these not yets, right? There's all this pain that hasn't happened that you can. It can get worse. But there's also these incredible moments of joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. and contentment that you can have if you'll just say, I need help. I, I, need, I need help to walk with Jesus. And you know what? I needed help. I needed men to help me walk it through my heart. I needed men to help me get disciples. I needed all of these men to help me to get to where I am. So anybody who's listening, it's okay if you do too. 
you got something big in the works, Recovery Refuge. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is, what it's going to be? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how 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 good is God and how big is your God, right? That's, right. I, my dream or vision that I have was I'd be pastoring a church. I thought I did youth ministry. I did. I was a college pastor, and I thought, man, it's only natural. Not Not trying to climb the ladder and be, you know, anything of that. I just thought, well, natural progression is... I'll be a lead pastor, and um, actually, I, at that time, I had uh, 10 years of sobriety. I've been serving in ministry for uh, six years, and it's Christmas Eve. We're watching Chevy Chase, right? We're watching <laughs> we're watching the um, TV Christ, version, though, Christmas right? Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you the can't. The edited version. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You yeah. cannot actually <laughs> buy the DVD. On the podcast. Or do the, the clean version. Yes, Whether not, it was or wasn't, yeah, it is the clean hey, version. Don't version. watch it on Prime Video. Watch it on TV. Okay? Record it. Because there will be words that you did not know was there. Here's a little knot, Russ. You can work on that. Yeah, yeah. The clean one. It's a clean one. It's a clean one. So anyways, I start having these warm sensations, and I'm going. I told my wife, I said, man, something's going on. She said, well, you've been eating like trash, right? You've drank like 14 Diet Cokes today. And I'm like, okay, you know, it'll pass. Well, it didn't. And long story short, I started having anxiety for the first time. I'm 35 years old. Wow. I'm going, what in the world is this? Why is this happening? You know, and that's where all the, everything I've been talking about happened. God stopped me in my tracks. I was at the height of my ministry. There could not have been anything going more better for me. Like my life is going great. Ministry is going well. I'm walking with the Lord. But God stopped me in my tracks. And it was when I had to start dealing with all my trauma and things of the past. And God sent me on this kind of slow walk to move from performance to purpose. And I moved back to Nashville from that ministry position that I was at with a U-Haul. No plan, no purpose. But I knew God was calling us back here. I pull back into this area. I get a call from a man right then. He says, man, Adam, I'm struggling. I've, I've been using drugs. And I, you know, I've got a degree in counseling, and I've been in the world of recovery. I've, I've attended AA meetings, celebrate recovery meetings. Like I'm very open about my recovery and about what God has done. So I've always felt like I've had my hand available. So it wasn't like an anomaly that he would reach out to me. But I thought, man, that's the first thing that happens when I get back. Um, and I start walking with this man over the next year. Over the next year, I interview for nine pastoral positions. I'm like, man, this is, they're all wonderful, but I never could get peace. I never felt like God was calling me back into the church world. And um, so long story short, I'm walking with this guy a year to the date. It's New Year. This is now. It's 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 New Year's Eve. I'm pulling pizza rolls out of the oven. Shout out to pizza rolls, baby. Come hey. on, right. <laughs> nah, <laughs> never go wrong. <laughs> Combination or pepperoni? What's your what's your? Hey, look, I I take it all, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not picky. There we go. <laughs> it's pizza, baby. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's pizza rolls or pizza bagels. Right. Which one? No. Hey, well, did he just say bagels? Yeah. This on, is a man's man. group right here. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> They're all good. They're all hey, I tell you what, you put cheese on a shoe, I'll eat it. Okay? Yeah. I, I mean, if I walk by a, a, a tray of pizza bagels, I'll grab one if right. there's nothing else but pizza no. rolls, man. You come on, come grab one. Anymore, I can't even grab one. We're off the rails. We were going somewhere good. Yeah. Yeah. Zapato said, I'm we not were. even touching them. No, man. no, man. Rolls only here. You rolls put only. gloves on to touch those. <laughs> man, so look, look, I, the guy calls me. I answer the phone. He says, I've been lying. I'm using. Wife's kicked me out. So. I, I go and get him the next day, and I mean, I'm looking everywhere, and I was disturbed, is is to say the least. I could not find a place that I felt good. 
about sending them. You know, there was, there's, there's, there's a lot of great places out there. They're all full. It was just there was nothing in this area, in the Sumner County, Davidson County area, where I felt like it was Christ-centered, uh, a place for him to go. And so Josie and I began to just talk and pray, and we're going, man, is this, you know, could we do something? Like, could, because it's one of my dreams is um, that I've always, I don't know why this has always been, but I've always felt like if a man in his darkest moment, when he's burned every bridge, he can't borrow money from nobody, can't get a ride, can't get in, doors closed, he's got nowhere else to go. If he could reach out his hand and I could grab it. That's what I want to be. I want to be the man that grabs the hand of a man when he's in his when his darkest moment, his lowest place. And Josie and I began to pray. Unfortunately, you know, my pastor gets up that Sunday and goes, because we said, man, maybe we'll start a nonprofit. My pastor gets up there, Pastor Robbie Gallaty, he's one of my best friends. He gets up there and says, he starts, he's talking about Jesus. I don't know what we, we're talking about. He said, he said, look, man, some of you don't even want to wait on Jesus. He said, uh, he said, what if, what if God told you to wait to start that nonprofit? Me and Joseph are like, what? He's like, would you even wait 10 months if you knew what God had for you? Yeah. I text him. I was like, hey, man, you need to stop praying. <laughs> don't pray again, okay? Don't pray before you preach, dude. No. But, uh, and he, he is. I mean, he is, he's on fire for the Lord. But so we said, okay, we're not doing anything for 10 months. So I had this little prayer room. I prayed and cried and begged and wrote. And, and I just said, God, I want you to do something. We prayed for 10 months, and we just could not get any more peace that this was what God was calling us to do. So October, we started all the legal part, and uh, we made it public. And so we're starting a recovery refuge, which is a Christ-centered recovery place for men to come and get their life changed. And so... Um, we thought, man, this would be years away, but uh, man, things have just fast forwarded. We're, you know, we've had a lot of people who have just given money, given donations, resources. So we're praying right now for land. We're pr- I'm praying for 40 acres, but it can be more or less if you have some out there, right? <laughs> I um, do not. Sorry. Come on, I would give it, but yeah. I don't. Come on, <laughs> New York hats got to have some. Got to have something, right? Point four five. That's all I got. Okay, <laughs> I'll take point one of that now. So, but the vision is, is that it would be a sanctuary where men can come and have their hearts renewed and restored. Mm. And uh, God is on the move. God is moving. He's, he's shaking things up. And, and uh, so we're already making that transition to being full-time in recovery refuge. And right now we're looking for land and we're just praying for the resources of, of all of that. And, uh, but it's just an incredible time. So you may be listening, you may say, well, I'm not an alcoholic, but I, my, my brother was or my cousin was, my sister was. And you can go to recoverycare. You can go to recoveryrefuge.care. You can donate there. You can give there. You can go to theadamfrench.com to reach out to me, or you can reach out to these guys. And so if you want to be a volunteer, if you want to give, um, because uh, obviously, you know, the gospel is free, but to get it around the world, it, it costs money and to help sure. these men recover. And that's what I want to do, Dan. I just want to. When a, when a guy maybe comes to reach out to the show or comes to Parkway or any church around here and says, man, I need help, um, they can come to us. And I want to see men come from the church. And our big thing is we want men to come back to the church. Mm-hmm. So we want to have mentors in the church. A part of our staff will, will only focus on when men get out. Because, look, I could lock all of us up and keep us from watching the NBA playoffs for 10 days. But when we get out, we're going to go straight to the game, right, yeah, to right. watch. Yeah. So when men get out, they need, they need a mentor. Mm-hmm. They need a group of men who are going to receive them and say, all right, you're gonna, I'm going to be your mentor. 
We're, this is our man's group. We're going to meet once a week. Uh, here's some recovery groups in the area that we're going to keep you accountable with. We expect you to be at church on Sunday and just walk with them. Give them that structure when they get out for a year. And our staff will also meet with them well. So we want the big thing about us is being a bridge from the church back to the church. This is our problem. We, if we, we keep waiting for the government or, or medicine or whatever. No, this, it, the thing about addiction, I don't, I don't think I've said this yet, so I want to make sure I say this, is it's a spiritual malady, right? It's a spiritual malady, but it has physical and emotional symptoms. So the reason why this, the world of, of medicine has always been baffled by it, because they try to treat the physical symptoms, or they try to treat the emotional symptoms or mental symptoms, and they don't treat the spiritual symptoms. Or some people say, "Get a Bible, let me hit you over the head of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you. I'm gonna treat the <laughs> spiritual symptoms, but I'm not gonna talk to you about your feelings or your emotional health or your physical health. No, that's all three in one." And so we want to create a place where people can come and address their spiritual maladies, their struggles, their soul care, address their physical and emotional struggles as well. And uh, that's how I've been able to stay sober. That's been my experience, and that's how I've helped other men. And so I want to be able to help uh, other men, their darkest places, walk through that, man. So that's the Recovery Refuge. Thank you for asking me about that. It's a, that's great. It's man. a God-sized Here's the thing. That's good stuff. Listen, I, I'm, I'm more uncertain than I've ever been in my life, but I'm also as certain as I've ever been in my life because I'm uncertain of how it's going to work, but I'm certain of who's going to make it work. There you go. And what a wonderful place to be right. where I'm not worried about what I can't see or how or do, but I know who, mm-hmm. right? It's the evidence of things we can't see. That's my hope. That's my faith. So let that be a testament to anybody out there. You, you, you can know and believe that God's going to do something and you got to do the work. You can't sit around and twirl your thumbs, right? You got to do your what you're not. God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to get out and pray. And we've been praying and meeting with people. But I'm just believing God's going to do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Why would He not? Why would He stop? Yeah. Yeah. Why would He stop now, guys? He's not going to. No. Well, well, look. There is um, so much that you all can do. Recoveryrefuge.care. If you know of land. You know, by all means, reach out to recoveryrefuge.care. Reach out to us, podcast at parkwaybc.net. We will put you in touch with Adam. Financially, you can donate. We don't talk a lot about finances on here. It seems a little uh, funny maybe or, you you know, uncomfortable. We don't want to seem like we're begging for money or anything. But, uh, you know, like like Adam said, we need money and funds to keep this show running, to upgrade, to get bigger, to reach more people. To, to help places like Recovery Refuge. Um, so money, we, we will put you in touch with how you can donate if you would like to do that. Uh, podcast at parkwaybc.net. We will um, let you know how you can donate to us, donate to Recovery Ref- Refuge and what Adam and his wife are doing and trying to do. And, um, you know, tell tell other people this is, God is moving. We can see that. Adam, man, it's you got to come back because there is more stuff we, we've <laughs> Uh, scratch the surface on a little bit, but I know there, man, you got yeah. two more hours yeah. in you. Love it, Come man. On, I love it, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing I want to say about giving real quick. Listen, what a joy it is to give. You can, you can literally write a check or give some money to this, to this podcast or this church or a ministry. Right. And it seems small, but then you become a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. They could live on past you. 
live on past you. Some of some people are listening, going, "What can I do? How, what what is my purpose?" Right? So you're robbing yourself of your purpose. You can you can give at any time and be a part of something bigger than you that lasts on and touches people. Think about all the people that are touched by what Parkway does here, what this podcast is doing. So I just encourage. Hey, I, I say boldly. I'm not ashamed of it because I don't think it's shameful. Mm-hmm. I think God has given us an opportunity to give. And so, if, hey, if you got a chance to give, give to this. I'll, these I'm looking at these men right now. They're godly men. They're here every week. They're they're making a difference. I promise you, we won't let anybody get paid twenty five bucks <laughs> <laughs> just to keep yeah. the lights on. But yeah, we but, got we got to find some gift cards. Uh, come on, baby, I'll take one. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, Adam, thanks so much. You got to come back. We're gonna do this We'd again. Mandinity. Make sure you check out his book, Mandinity. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those kinds of places. Mandinity. Check that out. Um, RecoveryRefuge.care. What's uh, AdamFrench.com? Is that yeah, theAdamFrench.com if the you want a book Adam for speaking. French. or I do conferences. I do uh, student camps a lot, too, so open to that as the schedule permits. Awesome. So thank you all for listening. Here's what you got to do. As soon as you get to the end of this episode, hit replay. Go back to the beginning because I guarantee you missed something. <laughs> you might only listen once a week. You need to listen about three or four times this week to this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Adam, thanks so much. Thank you so much. We're we're going to have you back. You just don't know it yet. Thank you for (laughs) listening. We'll catch all of you again next week on GPS to God. Bible verse. Oh, wait. We can't end. Fano, man. See, I'm so caught up. Adam, we end every week in the Bible. I didn't want to cut you off again. I didn't want to cut you off. You got to cut me off. Come on. You got to heat it. You know the Eagles fans are, man. They're just intrusive. They butt in everywhere. Ready to fly out the door. Take your best receivers. You got to hot at me for the introduction. Show me the money. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles said. He got nervous after the start of the show. All right. Who's got I didn't. Who's got a Bible word? You got anybody got one? I'll tell you now. All right. Well, let's. Uh, already. We're we're gonna have one here in just a you second with the magic of editing. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, dude. My bad, man. I saw you going. I saw you going Childhood down that hill. Bible here. I saw you going <laughs> yeah. down that hill, and I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to bust in there again, man. This guy you, just you, shamed you, us all with his Bible. He's had that Bible since he was yeah, five, man. man. You, you got to throw that. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta just stop me, man! Don't let me get down the hill. It's all good, stop me man. You like, you like going, how he man. Didn't, didn't acknowledge it at all? Know, just kept like, on going. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, here we go. I got one right here. The bookmark, uh, st- open straight to Romans chapter eight, and this is verse five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the thing of the spirit. Just like Adam was talking about a minute ago. So many temporary things here, but God is here to carry us into heaven if we are willing to listen to that whisper, listen to that silence, Mm -hmm. follow him and do what he's telling us to do. So for real this time, thank you for listening. We will catch you all again next week on (laughs) GPS to God. Are you awake? Am I awake? Let's be honest. Because there was a couple of times I looked over and I was like, this dude is about to drop. Like, he's about to drop. I don't know how I'm going to drive home, to be honest. Yeah, can we follow him home? Dropping during that, man. You got problems. (laughs) Thank you for listening to GPS to God. Please leave us a rating on your podcast app and also subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell if you would like to receive notifications when new episodes air.